Hey community, in today's episode, artist Israel Houghton sits down with the director of Loop Gospel, Otto Price, to talk about what it was like to write music during the pandemic, songwriting tips, and his latest album, Worship Anywhere, live from Camp New Breed. Hope you enjoy this interview and be sure to check out Israel's multitracks on loopcommunity.com. Hey guys, today, uh, another conversation with friends. Actually, this is um, beyond conversation with friends. I really consider this a conversation with a great friend and also somebody that I admire and somebody that I think the, the globe has admired, uh, not just as a person, but as a musician, as a creative, a true um, modern day David, somebody who's writing songs that are like capturing the, the, the conscious of the world, giving language and giving vocabulary to the world. So it's my pleasure and great pleasure today to, to interview and be with Israel. How you doing today, bro? I'm good, brother. How are you, Otto, man? <laughs> I'm good. I love yeah. it. This conversation you and I are going to have is is something that I've been, there's some things in here I um for me personally, that I've, I've been always wanting to ask. I mean, we've, we've done things, we've made records together, we've seen, been in church environments, but just to actually live life and, and seen all that stuff, but just to hear kind of where your your uh, your head space is at on writing, I just, sure. I've never been brave enough to ask you. <laughs> so I feel like, I'm, <laughs> like uh, I'm gonna be a little humble. How are you so great? Uh, so <laughs> That's funny. Um, so this opportunity is, is really great. I'm looking forward to it, man. So anyway, we'll just get started. Here's, here's oh. mine, man. Huh? Yeah. I said the pleasure is mine. Oh man, thank you so much. Well, first of all, um, thank you for first of all to start off. Congratulations, new baby. Yes, he's awesome. He's awesome. We're so blessed. It's been a journey for us. It's been a whole lot of prayer. It's been a whole lot of high highs and low lows. You know, exciting news followed by disappointing news. You know, year after year. And it's funny, man. It it, it really has affected worship for me in, 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 um, I'd say in the best way, because it's, you know, I, I, I remember growing up and hearing people say I was angry at God. So I went and yelled at God and I was like, man, I just can't relate to that at all. And, and yet when you go through what you go through and it's like, you know, managing disappointments, you know, there are, there are, I found myself having conversations with God that I, I thought I'd never have on some, Hey, listen, like, can we please bargain this out? Like, you know, don't punish, don't punish my wife for the crazy stuff I did. And then, and a lot of that is just a really bad skewed view of God and who he is. And that also really, really has informed how I'm writing lately as well. Just trying to write a little more honestly and realizing that, I'd say really since the onset of COVID people are dealing with real honest and heavy stuff now. And it's not, it's not our court stuff anymore. It's not fluffy stuff. It's, it's rubber meets the road kind of life. And so I'm trying to give some language to that and give some voice to that as well. And, but a lot of it has been inspired by my own journey. Well, first of all, um, I'm about to cry because uh, we, you know, I both know our stories, but you know, sometimes when you get into this church thing, especially as we grew up, you, you follow the recipe, you do, you do everything everybody tells you to do. And then, and you do things the right way. And then sometimes life hits you and you're like, Whoa, I, I thought I follow the rules. I follow the recipe the right way. And it doesn't go that. And it, and it affects your faith. And here you be that, that vulnerable. Um, 
first of all, thank you, because it's not many people that are going to be that honest. I, I didn't grow up in church where therapy was a thing, where yeah. talking about your struggles was a real thing. You just kind of pray through it and kind of grind it out and and, and right. don't talk about your tough times. But you saying that is is meaningful and saying how it impacts your song. Right. So even as we talk about that, what what are songs that kind of stem from that, that kind of this struggle that you like now I have worship. I can have a worship song that can come from this. Okay, so like for me, you know, during the pandemic, like when it really kind of locked down, the first thing is my wife comes in the room and she goes, you should go, you should do an Instagram live and, you know, give your take on this. And people want to hear from you. And I was like, nobody wants to hear from me, man. Like, like everybody's doing a live right now. The internet is collapsing because everybody at 3 p.m., you know, Pacific time is on a live. Like our, our internet, our Instagram was crashing. And I said, I don't want to do that. You know, they're hearing from a bunch of people. She's like, yeah, they are hearing from a bunch of people, but they want to hear from you. And so I found myself, Otto, actually kind of reverting to hymns and, and just, just theologically dense music. Like, just like, because because they almost come with their own atmosphere. I don't know how to put that. Like those songs that have meat on the bone, they come, they they bring a, a certain proprietary oil with them. And so I would find myself sitting at my piano. My wife would, you know, my wife eventually forced me to go live. And so I started doing Worship Wednesday. And um, what I found was, you know, to start something with something simple like turn your eyes upon Jesus or Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary or great is thy faithfulness, you know. And and these are songs that have unstuck me. Like when I was stuck, these are songs that, you know, to sing peace, peace, wonderful peace. Like you, it's almost like those kind of songs summon the peace of God in your heart. And because they have sort of a resident, anointing connected to them, you know? And so I found myself kind of plugging into those kind of songs. And as a result, the interaction that I was having with people really inspired me to write even more. And what I found was, especially in the worst Wednesday piece, I was attracting a lot of people. I don't know if this is good or bad, but I was attracting a lot of people who hadn't been to church in a long time and had sort of, been so jaded by church um, and just, you know, the, the human, the human frail side of church and leaders. And uh, I've been a leader and I've been, I'm sure I've hurt people and I've been hurt by leaders as well. And, and I regret all of that. And, and yet it is very much a part of our journey. I found myself writing, I mean, laments is probably a little too heavy of a word, but like, just let me get a little more honest with the the lyric of where I'm at, what I'm feeling, because I'm recognizing that it is resonating with other people as well. Wow. First of all, two things I got out of that. A uh, good woman can kind of straighten you out and give you... <laughs> <laughs> give you context on what you should do. But the second thing is it's interesting, especially at, you know, both of us having kind of worked in churches and done the, the you know, done the commercial music side, but working in a church, there's always that struggle sometimes of 
sometimes churches go, we want more hymns. We don't want the new songs. We want more hymns. And it's, yeah. you go like, there is something about the hymns. And there's something I've learned to go back and to go, there's some, a lot of those songs are written out of struggle. Absolutely. And, and like you said, I love it. It has its own proprietary oil, its own thing there. And it's, it's something that I feel like we, we definitely need more of. Um, and that's even songs that you've written over the years that have been huge. We all know, but huge fans of like friend of God, even that concept was provocative for people. But yeah. the reality is that he's, he's not mad at us. He, we, you yeah. know, we don't have a Zeus God throwing down lightning bolts or Thor trying to, but we have a loving God that wants to put on our flesh, take on our, right. Disease, our pain, relate with us, take on our humanity so that he can, bear those with us and have us come through that. So as you're sure. writing worship and, you know, even segueing through your the new album, which I'm, I'm, man, I'm so, this new album is great, dude. Um, was that, was those, those worship Wednesdays, was that sort of the, the beginning yeah. of the new album? It was, I mean, the worship Wednesday thing really kind of organically led us into feels like home, which we did in the fall of 2020. And that got released February of 21. And then we released something else in April of 21, which is like a volume two of that. And then we recorded a new record uh, called um, Project LA live in Los Angeles. And that was, that came out, I guess, in September of last year. So we, we, uh, you know, I found myself going on quite a hiatus from my last live record, which would have been 2015 to doing three in one year and and now a fourth one here in the, in the next few weeks is coming out. So um, I have felt this sort of resurgence of inspiration. And uh, of course I never, I've always loved leading worship. That's never, that's never been a crisis for me. I realized a while back that I was, I thought I was having a crisis of faith, you know, a few years back because to your point, like I followed the formula and, and kind of still crashed. And, um, it was always a, it was always a strange dynamic to me that, that those of us who consider ourselves evangelicals are great at winning the lost, but we really struggle with retaining the found. Mm -hmm. Like you could have somebody on the home team their whole life and let them have a human moment or a crisis or or a marriage gone bad or, you know, whatever, or just a, just a, just a, just, you know, crashing your life. And, and I'm not diminishing that by any means. It's, it's been a painful one, but um, it was amazing how quick people could turn on you, forget you, not only do that, but like spend actual time and energy talking about you to others. And, the, the unfortunate part for me was that it was some of these people were people that I had helped in their own time of crisis. Mm. So it was like, wow, man, like I, I can't get a text back, like nothing. Wow, this is awesome. So when that was happening, I, I, I called it a crisis of faith until I realized that it was a crisis of church. Mm. And the reason why it was a crisis of church is because I love the local church. I, like my whole life has been spent you know, serving the body of Christ, serving Jesus as a, as a musician, as a worship leader, as a songwriter, but just as a citizen. I love the household of faith. And so when I started really kind of having to take inventory of that in my own life and go, man, like I've, I've so entangled and equated 
my relationship with God to my attendance at a church building. Mm -hmm. And once I was able to rightly divide those, and I mean that in the best, most positive way, and just said, I love going to church. That never changed. But I need to also understand, and the pandemic quadrupled down on this for us, you can still have a meaningful, uh, intimate encounter with God without a screen, without lyrics, without the CCLI number, no disrespect. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's like, God, I'm inviting you into my living room. And it's, you know, and I had an encounter sort of like that where God was like, um, I think you've got this a little bit backwards. This is my house. Mm -hmm. I'm the host. Mm -hmm. You're the guest. I'll let you live here. I'll let you stay here. But ultimately, I've welcomed you. So stop walking past the piano with your head down every time you walk into this room. Mm -hmm. Sit at the piano and sing for me. And that was life-changing for me. Like when it became less about who's watching right now or even the Worship Wednesday thing, when it was just like, I'm just going to sit here and, and I'm not getting up from this piano. I'm not putting this guitar down until... I feel like I've sufficiently experienced what I sat down to experience. And uh, I found that there were so many people, Otto, in the same boat, just going, I still need, like oxygen, I still need this moment in God's presence. So I'm going to get it wherever I can, which is why the album's called Worship Anywhere. Mm. That's beautiful. And to me, that's, I, I remember hearing um, a pastor say, and kind of actually Sammy, my wife and I were talking about this last week about the word, and I'm not a theologian, but the word ecclesia, meaning kind of the idea, the, the concept, it's definitely a gathering, but the idea of the church, the system. So you, you are a part of the church, whether you're a musician, doctor, um, uh, athlete, whatever you're part of the church, the koinonia, the koinonia, the gathering, that's the part that affected us with, with COVID. So even the idea of the word and the concept worship anywhere is really, to me, a prophetic thought because yeah. Whether it's, and this isn't politics, but if we have to deal with COVID anymore, or if we have to deal with a flu, we're not tethered to, we can, we can still feel the freedom that God is with us. Yeah. He said that whole thought of, of, of that is great. So when, when the, the idea, it seems like the idea was just sort of progressionary, like you were kind of like living this out. Did, was there a real I, I, <laughs> I was, I, I, I did a record back in 2018 called The Road to Damask Us, which was, kind of a prescient term looking back at it like it was slightly prophetic as well because you've got this whole mask issue but it was you know it was obviously a deeper metaphor than that all of us sort of walk around with with a a metaphoric mask and um and especially in church you sort of learn how to keep that one really tight you know and and kept in a in the smile formation just because that's good for business. And I don't mean to sound jaded at all. I'm, I'm probably more acutely aware of the power of God's presence more than ever before. And yet I think there, I think we put a whole lot of roadblocks in our own way to, to that experience. But when I put this record out in 18, you know, it, it sort of came out, fell flat on its face. I, 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 loved the content of it. And I worked hard on the content of it. I think people were just expecting more of like an apology album or something like, Hey guys, I messed up. So here's my apology album. And because I didn't do that, 
Um, and instead just was like, I know, I know the space I'm in. I know what God has done in my life. I know that he's rescued me and I'm going to worship from that place. Um, when that happened, I remember like certain churches were like, yeah, you can't do an event here or, you know, whatever. And that's fine. So we found ourselves in like some of the wildest places doing worship nights, you know, whether it was the underground bar in Soho in New York or what, you know, a, a club or somebody's house or a backyard or, a, you know, a peer space or whatever. And I realized I'm experiencing all kinds of uh, miracles here in God's presence. And yet we are not in a typical church building or a church setting. It's not we're not even surrounded by people who profess Christ like that. But the the message is coming across. The worship is connecting. There's something to this. So I, I had to undergo my own sort of excavation, you know, and go, all right, I need to get some of the weeds out of my thinking and realize that, yes, you can worship God anywhere. That's really where that started. So to your point, it has been a progression. And I'm really loving where I'm at in, in this part of the journey of this progression. Yeah, so it feels like worship anywhere is really a declaration of what God's been doing. Yeah. Well, um, you're featuring, I, I love the, uh, the, the, it says Camp Newbury. I just have yeah. this question. Was it a real camp? Were you a camp counselor? Did you have the uh, tubes? <laughs> How did that, we, did, we did all that. We did all that. So, you know, we kind of went into this one. Newbreed um, has normally tried to do some kind of retreat every year, just refocus. Let's give the vision for the year, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, with COVID and just with life, you know, that, that had been a few years since that happened. So we, we really were like, okay, let's, let's go do a retreat, but kind of halfway through the planning of that, I was like, I want to handpick and invite some, some other, you know, up and coming worship leaders and people that I admire and want to learn from. And I was shocked, man. They all said, we're there. We'll be there. So Camp Newbreed is a real camp in the sense that we went and over and took over an entire campground in, in upstate New York. And uh, we're going to do more. We're going to open those up to the public in the future. And I'm excited about it because for me, it was, it was three and a half, four days of literal life change for us. And it was like God met us there. I felt like I left there born again, again. I don't know how to put that. And, um, and everybody, you know, who's been a part of this has, has said the same. And so, yeah, it was a real camp. I guess I was a camp counselor. You know, I, I helped, helped wrangle everybody and, and we had moments and it was really important for us to not just rehearse all week. So we did a whole lot of kind of pre-production a month or so in advance, sent everybody the music. Hey, get familiar with this. We're not going to rehearse a lot. We're just going to flow. Mm. And, uh, and that's, that way we could have time together. That's, that's recreational and fun and just to hang out. And, uh, that, that proved to be the best formula for us. Like we had, we had the best time and very much a spirit, soul, and body transformational week, man, just listening to the record. It's definitely has that youthful energy. Did you, was there something in there, not just multicultural, but even age and stage you, yeah. were there things that you were pulling in and out of from, from the younger writers? For sure. I, and I always try and thread this needle carefully because I, I am the old guy in the room now, you know what I mean? And I, I love that. I used to be the young guy, you know, 
And so I'm, I'm, I'm surrounding myself with young guys, not so that I can remain relevant, but that the new breed worship part of who we are remains um, clear and relevant and, and, and um, effective in this sort of new era of, you know, what I'm still trying to wrap my mind around. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I have intentionally kept it, you know, or, or at least uh, kept it multicultural and multi-generational, but I am definitely leaning on some of this younger generation to, to teach me some things and enable me to kind of get out of the way and just be more of an apostle and more of a father and pushing guys forward. That's really what I want to do. Well, case in point, the song Wrong About You, um, and uh, Joel is featured on. You guys wrote yep, that yep. together? Yeah. Can you talk about that song? First of all, the concept as a worship song, you put it up wrong about you. Like, whoa, that's kind of, yeah. it makes you think, but it's like friend of God. It's one of those yeah. kind of songs that it makes your brain, it doesn't let you go on autopilot and worship. That's right. So Joel and Amanda Cook and I had written a song the day before, and they we were in this writing camp and the sort of the directive came in that said, let's write a song that somebody who doesn't know Christianese, somebody who doesn't regularly attend church, doesn't know, you know, what some of our vernacular means can still experience the presence of God and experience a worship moment. What does that look like? What does that sound like? And so that forced us to kind of write an honest song. And the next day we're like, we weren't in that camp anymore, but we were still in that frame of mind. So they came over to my house in LA and we started writing. Well, we actually started talking. We started talking for over two hours and it was all about, um, it was all about God revealing himself in a way that was so different than how we thought we knew him growing up. And, I thought we knew what we knew and out of it. So the, the conversation lasted two plus hours. The song to write, it took about seven minutes, probably. I mean, the verse is just boom. And, it, and what launched it was, was Joel saying, man, I'm just so glad I was wrong about God. Like, because if I was right about what I thought about him, Life would be a very, very miserable place, but I am in such a place of peace, happiness, love, victory, joy. And it's because I, I was wrong about him. And I'm happy to say that I was wrong about him. Somebody pointed out to me the other day, because you mentioned friend of God. They said, this feels like a new friend of God. And I said, how? They said, it's an up-tempo song, but it is forcing you know, gently, but it's forcing the congregant, the, the, the person singing along to say something over themselves. Like when we, when I first started doing friend of God, I couldn't get through the song without crying for the, probably the first three months of leading that song. And this song has that same effect. It's the strangest thing up tempo, but I'm like, you know, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's life giving. And it's, and so my buddy was like, you know, this is an old revel old revelation, but it's a new one. I said, well, how old is it? He goes, probably about as old as the disciples that walked with him in the sense of they got to see his true nature. 
So by the time we get the word of God and we we've interpreted how we think he is, and it's easy enough for man-made construct to say, okay, great. We can control people with this part of the narrative mm-hmm. for decades. And, and again, I, I always had the caveat here that our, our pastors and our parents did the very, very best they could with what they had to work with. And I honor them for that. And I thank God for my upbringing. I thank God for every lesson, good and bad. Um, but I have kids, man. You know, I have, as you, as you know, I have, I have young kids and I, I want it. I want to normalize the goodness of God in their life. I want to normalize. He's for you. He's not against you. I want to normalize. God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Or as Joel took it a f- step further in this song, he's like, you're not upset with me. You know, it sets me free. You're not upset with me, but you're obsessed with me. Like, that language, which was all spontaneous that night, was like, yeah, this is what this is what we need to hear. And this is what I want on repeat for the next generation to know this about themselves, that Jesus is obsessed with his relationship with you. Wow. I don't think there's much more to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like literal mic drop. And but so- that's, that's where we're at, man. And we need it because if, if we try and make a copy of a copy to this next phase of people coming through the kingdom, we're going to lose a generation. You know, you know, the, the, the scientific term for making a copy of a copy is you lose a generation of quality, but it's, and I don't want to lose this generation. I, I, so I'm saying to them, teach me what works for you. Where are you going with this? As long as it's, theologically sound and got the scripture uh, uh, around it and has God's hand on it. I want to learn from it, period. Well, what you said, first of all, just even mentioning back to road to Damascus and uh, you just right now for us to even have that concept of like worship anywhere. (laughs) I I really believe this, man. I believe those are prophetic words and like you, you know, I'm thankful that you have been, um, willed yourself to like, just be a vessel that God can use and speak yeah. through. Cause we, that demasking, we have to be more honest. You know, I was talking about that today with my wife, like, uh, you know, she wants to know what's in my heart. She wants me to be honest. I mean, pe- humans want honesty. They want you to be what's, what's really on your mind. And so in, when we go through struggles in church, we go through struggles as believers to be honest about it and say, yes, we are victors. But at the same time, it's also important for us to know that our worship is not tethered to a building, to an organization. Um, God is with us and he's for yeah. us. And I love what you said that we can normalize the goodness of God, normalize that he loves us and for us. So, man, thank you for this time today. Any, any last thing you want to say before we're done? I, I, I do want to, I do want to just reiterate that I love the local church and that's, a, that's really important. And I love it so much that I care about how we go forward and how we remain viable and powerful to the next generation and to the millennials that live in my house right now. You know what I mean? And, and to whatever this next generation is called generation Z or something. I don't know what they call it anymore, but to them, I want to make sure that they have a really, really keen and clear understanding of who he is and how good he is. And, and then lastly, I just want to say on behalf of CCLI, I, I love that we've had a couple decades of relationship there and, and I appreciate 
CCLI for all it's done for the body of Christ as well and for songwriters everywhere. Well, brother, you're amazing. And um, I'm really looking forward to more conversations. And I uh, thank yes, you. Yes, sir. Today. We'll talk soon. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Otto. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt McCoy. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Hey, it means so much to us when you let us know what you thought. Write down in the comments what you learned from this episode, anything else that you found encouraging from this episode. Glad you guys are listening to the podcast. Hope to provide to you a lot of helpful content as you lead worship. See you soon.